Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Raptors, your daily Toronto Raptors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome to episode two of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, October 13th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com and TSN Radio in Toronto. You can find me on Twitter, at WoodleySean. Uh, Locked On Raptors is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find us on the Locked On Podcast NBA channel alongside team podcasts for 28 other teams in the league. Uh, and you can also find the Locked On NBA podcast there with David Locke. Uh, be sure to check out this week in particular, uh, the Eastern and Western Conference Preview podcast have started posting. Uh, the two-part East preview is already available. You can find on the second part a little blurb from me about the Raptors. So yeah, make sure you check those out and uh, let's get to it. On today's show, we have a game to talk about, finally. Uh, the Raptors are playing their fourth preseason game tonight against the Cavaliers in Cleveland. Uh, it's the first time they've gotten into game action since their near comeback win against the Clippers last Wednesday, uh, a game that featured a very bizarre fourth quarter run by a unit led by a bunch of potential D-leaguers and guys who might not make the team. And let's just, I guess we can use that as a starting off point, really, to look for, for what we're going to look for for tonight's game. Um, that fourth quarter featured, as I said, a very bizarre group of players uh, mounting at one point a 19-0 run to try to make a comeback in that game uh, that the Clippers pretty much handled. Uh, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin both played a lot of minutes. Chris, Chris Paul had like 15 assists in 17 minutes. It was ridiculous. Uh, and the Raptors fell behind quick. Kyle Lowry didn't play. Um, and in the fourth quarter, they ran out this lineup with Brady Heslip, a guy who played in Europe last year, a Canadian who I believe has the all-time record for threes hit in D-League game with 13 for Reno a couple seasons ago. Uh, Bruno Caboclo, the infamous guy who's two years away from being two years away. At this point, I guess he's just two years away uh, after two years of sort of uh, whittling around in the D-League trying to improve. Uh, Lucas Noguera played center. EJ Singler was out there. Drew Crawford was out there for a bit. It was a very bizarre unit. I think Pascal Siakam got in there a little bit too for that run. Uh, again, no star power to speak of on that on that five-man unit that made this comeback. But it was entertaining as hell. Brady Heslip was awesome. He uh, He's the guy who... He, he has one NBA skill. He's a fantastic three-point shooter. And it's kind of unclear where he fits into the NBA if he doesn't have anything else. Which... Until last Wednesday, I didn't really think he did, but he started. He played the point really well in that fourth quarter. He was coming around uh, Lucas Noguera picks with the head of steam uh, and just sort of, you know, either threatening defenses with his shot or just sort of initiating the offense. It was really nice to see. He found Bebe a couple times rolling to the hoop. Bebe made a couple really nice passes, one up to Bruno Caboclo in the corner uh, for a missed three, but it was just a really... It was so fun watching these guys kind of do things that you didn't really expect to see uh, in the fourth quarter of a preseason game, no less. Uh, Bruno was also really impressive, on the defensive end at least. On offense, he still is just so raw and so unsure of himself, it seems. Uh, you know, his arms are so long and gangly, it almost seems like he doesn't really know what to do with them sometimes. 
Um, and, you know, he's still kind of reigning in the shot. His shot is unblockable at this point. His, his release point is so high, given his, you know, six foot eleven ish height and his, you know, incredible wingspan. Uh, and if he ever starts knocking down those threes with more regularity, he's going to be a real pain to deal with for defenses. Uh, but he was only one for five from three in that game. Uh, I believe all those three-point attempts came in the fourth quarter. He did hit one, uh, and it was nice to see. He had a nice little putback as well. Got to the basket a couple times, but the most impressive thing to me was his defense. He had three steals in the game, uh, as well as a block, and just the arms he has. Again, he's all arms, and he really does a good job of just kind of like poking his arms in and, and knocking balls away. He made one sort of like free safety style steal uh, down on the baseline. He's uh he's very raw. I'm still sort of out on Bruno as an idea of, uh, of him ever being a real NBA player just because I think there's so much for him to learn at this point and you're already two years into his rookie deal and you know there's going to be a decision to make at some point in the next couple of years here as to whether or not he's worth a roster spot. Um, hopefully there's some relief with the new salary, with the new uh, CBA coming out with potentially two-way contracts, with which may make it easier to hang on to a guy like Bruno. Um, but no, it was really exciting to see. It was fun to watch him poke balls away and, you know, get out on the run and just not look completely incompetent, which unfortunately has been the case with him as he's sort of tried to learn how to play basketball over the last couple of years. One game that stands out to me where he actually did something was... It was like a fourth quarter against the Milwaukee Bucks in like a 40-point game uh, in maybe the first or second month he was with the team in his rookie year, and he scored eight points. He hit a couple threes. He, uh, I think he threw down a dunk. It was, it was awesome. It was so fun to watch. The arena was, cra- it was going crazy because it was such a hilarious blowout. And to see Bruno doing that in the fourth quarter in garbage time was just so much fun. Uh, but it hasn't really been there since, and you know he barely played last year. Uh, I believe he went the entire season without scoring a point, which is pretty amazing given the Raptors were up and you know at least they were they didn't blow a ton of teams out, but they were up a lot, and you know there was opportunities for garbage time here and there, and you'd figure at one point or another he'd put in some points, but never really did, never really panned out. Um, but it's nice to see you know he's. There, there is definitely improvement in what he can do from when he was drafted two years ago, and the defense is definitely something that'll play uh, if he, if and when he ever gets to, you know, sort of ply his trade a little bit, uh, and, and can sort of round things into form where he's not a complete liability on offense. Um, so that's another thing I'm looking for tonight, right? In, against Cleveland, it'd be nice to see Bruno. I mean, he's going to have to defend guys like, you know, possibly LeBron James and J.R. Smith. It's going to be really interesting to see if he can hold up against those guys physically because as, you know, crafty he, as he is with his hands, he's still not very strong, um, although he does look a little bit bigger and more filled out this year. So I guess we'll see. This will be a nice test to see if he's come a long way on that on that end of the ball or not. Uh, Heslip as well. I think Heslip's going to get a lot of run. One thing that was interesting about that fourth quarter against the Clippers is that Fred Van Vliet uh, wasn't on the floor. He played, uh, I believe, most of his minutes came in the first half. He started, he had 21 minutes played, didn't play in the fourth quarter, and I thought that was notable because most of the guys who were in that fourth quarter are guys who probably, other than Bebe, aren't going to really figure into the the Raptors' plans this year and are probably D-League bound. And Van Vliet wasn't out there. I think that sort of signals to me that Van Vliet might have the inside track on the 15th roster spot right now. Um, The only reason the 15th roster spot is a discussion right now is because DeLon Wright is hurt and probably won't be back until the new year. 
Um, and, you know, the Raptors have uh, Corey Joseph and Kyle Lowry at point guard, and they're pretty set there. If they want to have a third point guard, Van Vliet seems to be the guy. One thing that interests me about Heslip potentially being that guy, and if he can show off his three-point shooting a little bit more in this game tonight against Cleveland and for the rest of the preseason, maybe he makes a bit of a bid for this spot because I, I do like that the idea of him being such a sharpshooter that you can have him on the end of the bench to sort of be a guy that you only use in very specific situations where you're drawing up a play at the end of a half or, or trying to, you know, or you need a three to tie a game. He's such a good shooter, and he does have a lot of gravity when he shoots um, that it, it might be interesting to sort of see what the Raptors can do with having him out there either as a decoy or as a guy that you drop a play for who maybe teams aren't really figuring to, to be you know a go-to option on a play like that. You know, the Raptors have guys like DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry who always get their number called in those situations, but Heslip is such a good shooter, um, and he's proven that he can shoot at every level he's played uh, internationally, although he was pretty bad for Canada this summer at the FIBA qualifying tournament. But in Europe, in the D-League, uh, NBA preseason, college, he's always been a fantastic shooter. Maybe that's a guy you can throw out there as just sort of like a, a secret weapon in very specific situations. Um, when you know, I mean, Van Vliet, on the other hand, would be a guy that you probably play a little bit more if you're trying to get Lowry a breather or if you, you want to get Joseph a breather as well. Heslop probably isn't going to be able to do that in the first part of the season if uh, if he makes the team. So I think that's interesting to see tonight. Maybe there are some situations I want to see, some maybe after timeout situations or, or near the end of quarters and halves, uh, if they're trying to drop a play to see if they're looking for Heslop there because that's a potential thing that he could do uh, at the NBA level to just be that sort of secret weapon. Um, other than that for tonight, some news. Terrence Ross won't play for Cleveland tonight. He uh, is dealing with a bit of a knee injury. It seems like the sort of thing that, you know, it just wasn't worth him getting on a plane and sitting with it uh, to go to Cleveland. It's probably just a precautionary thing because why risk anything in the preseason? Uh, which is too bad because Ross has been one of the uh, the brighter spots of the preseason so far. He didn't do much in the uh, game against the Clippers, but he, uh, he, he has looked a lot more aggressive. He's looked, you know... I mean, he was really bad against the Clippers. He was 1 for 6, 0 for 2 from 3. But he, but those two games before that, he was looking a lot more aggressive, looking like a guy who, coming off the bench in a in a role that he's aware what the role is going to be as a bench gunner, he's coming out and gunning. And, he's, and he seems pretty okay with that role and comfortable. And he's the kind of guy that when he's hot, he's really hard to stop. He's a fantastic three-point shooter. Uh, he's a really good mid-range shooter as well if teams are going to, you know, crowd him at the three-point line he can take those couple dribbles in and and knock down a mid-range shot really well too he even has been driving the net a little bit you know he had a nice little uh, scooping layup in the first preseason game against the uh against the golden state warriors and you saw that in the playoffs with him a couple times too last year where he had more drives to the basket that i can remember at least standout ones in the playoffs than he did i think all regular season so Maybe it's just sort of him getting that swagger as a six-man type who's going to come off, uh, be like a J.R. Smith and just shoot a shot when it's there. Not worry about you know deferring to other people because when he's in the game, that's what he's for. He's not a fantastic defender, unfortunately. Uh, despite the the leaping ability and the athleticism, he doesn't really have the defensive wherewithal to to be that kind of stopper. Um, and that's not really where he's going to make his money. He's going to make his money on a you know sort of a shooting starved and uh, a bit of a, an offense starved second unit. He's going to make his money being that guy who you can rely on for a few buckets when when the second unit is in, um, especially considering 
you know, Corey Joseph isn't a great three-point shooter. You're, you're probably going to have, you know, a guy like Bebe out there uh, who's not a great three-point shooter. Um, Norman Powell was a good three-point shooter in the regular season last year. I'm interested to see if he's going to shoot better uh, or worse or he's going to – I feel like he's going to regress a little bit just because teams won't be leaving him out there uh, un, unmanned this season. Last year, 56% of Norman Powell's shots came without a defender near him. So uh, – and that's per NBA.com. So I'm interested to see Ross has this sort of, you know, three-point thing locked down where he is the best three-point shooter on the team aside from maybe Damari Carroll when when Carroll's healthy and uh and Ross if he plays like he did in the first two preseason games is probably going to have an inside track to a lot more minutes than Norm Powell at the 2-3 spots uh once the regular season starts uh just because he does have that skill set that not many other players in the Raptors have. As far as the rest of uh, what to look for tonight, Kyle Lowry, he's probably going to play again after sitting from the, for the Clippers game. I really want to see if uh, the, the, the pick and roll chemistry between him and and, DeMar- and sorry Jonas Valanciunas is going to kick in uh, to see if we can see that a little bit more. Valanciunas didn't have a great game against the Clippers either, just 2 of 7, uh, and it was a minus 16 in the game, plus minus in preseason games. Really doesn't matter, but uh, it's something to take note of, I suppose. And the thing with Valanciunas is, I, I talked about this on the on my blurb for the uh, Locked On NBA preview for the Raptors, is that Valanciunas needs to needs to be found in the pick and roll more by Lowry and DeRozan. It's going to be super important for him to get extra touches and the, the, the additional touches that people have been clamoring for for the last couple of years now. If he doesn't have that pick and roll chemistry with Lowry and DeRozan, we're probably just going to see the same thing over and over uh, that we have for the last couple of years where most of his touches are designed post touches and uh, he's not really getting involved in the pick and roll very much. So that's another thing to keep an eye on tonight. Damari Carroll, again, it looks like he's going to play after uh, he's only played in, you know, he played sparingly against the Clippers. He played against the Warriors and was tied for the team lead in points in the first preseason game, sat the second one. Uh, interested to see how knee, how his knee is progressing. Uh, can't stress enough how important his health is um, because, you know, the Raptors are thin at the power forward spot and he's going to be relied upon to take on some of those power forward minutes. I think mostly in crunch time lineups. Last year at the start of the season, the Raptors used Carroll a lot as a four uh, in a really effective crunch time lineup that featured uh, Lowry, Corey Joseph, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Carroll, and Jonas Valanciunas. It'd be nice to see them use that lineup again because they didn't really get a huge opportunity to use it because Carroll went down pretty early in the season and was in and out of the lineup before he went for surgery. Um, So it's really important that he can play some four this year for this team because there's going to be some minutes there to be soaked up. And uh, I want to see how his knee's looking tonight. That seems to be it for tonight's game. We'll uh, we'll check back tomorrow with a bit of a recap of what happened. Hopefully there's some uh, nice tasty nuggets that we can get into for tomorrow. Uh, and until then, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Email me any questions or concerns or things you want to hear on the podcast or things you don't want to hear on the podcast ever again. Uh, you can email me at Sean.Woodley1 at gmail.com. Be sure to, as I said, listen to the Locked On NBA previews for the Eastern Conference. Uh, both of those are up right now. Uh, again, I, I, I contributed a, a blurb on the Raptors in the second part of the preview, so check that out. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast channel. The endless amount of preseason content on there is, is really fun for basketball nerds, uh, and those previews are, are, are very informative. Uh, you know, just like seven-minute blips with, with every uh, host of every Locked On podcast around the league, uh, you really get a feel for, for what every team is going to be about this season. Uh, and again, I'm on the second part of it, uh, a second 
second part of the Eastern Conference preview with a little blurb on the Raptors. Uh, so please check that out. Um, and thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Thank you.